welcome, welcome back. Hold the gravy. Thank you so much again for finding out about Louisiana through Hold the Gravy and clicking on yet another episode to dive a little Hold the Gravy podcast listeners, we are coming to a close of the 2021 year. Special thanks once again to Bayou Tesh Museum for allowing us to come in and partner with them for a few days on their Smithsonian exhibit, Waterways. We were very honored to collaborate and bring in a a great group of guests to explain how they are significant to our area, to our culture. Can you imagine... Can you believe it? We've made it all the way to episode eight. My name is Hunter Romero. I'm your host coming at you live today from South Louisiana. As if every day I will promise I let you know when we're not in Louisiana recording anything. But for the time being, I'm pretty sure you're going to get the hang of this and you're going to realize that this is about everything Louisiana all the time. And, um... You know, I don't want that to scare anybody. I don't want that to make it seem like this is too niche for you or, you know, you want to listen to something maybe a little bit more broad. But really, I want to tell you the the best things that I think Louisiana has to offer. And um, instead of letting you guess on your own or instead of just going out and researching blindly, I want to be your source of Louisiana up-to-date info, pop culture in Louisiana. I'm at my office in New Orleans. My office is actually a desk inside of my home, but for me, it's it, it takes a lot to sometimes sit down at your home office desk, sometimes even more than going working out in the world. But today, I found a will, and I found a way to sit here and tell you guys a little bit about a new episode coming at you live from Bayou Tesh Museum. It is with a very special guest today. If you are a fan of anything current day Louisiana food culture, you know this next person's name. He goes by the name of Gerald Grunig. He is a special reporter on KLFY out of Lafayette, Louisiana, who also hosts his own TV show, Acadiana Eats. This man brings energy into any room that he walks in. I don't know if you guys follow him on his social medias, but he eats at some of the most incredible hidden gems around South Louisiana that you may or may not know of. And let me tell you that he is putting these people on. He is giving them what they need. He is giving the fans what they need. He is representing a very true culture of Louisiana cuisine. And I am just ecstatic to bring you today's interview. So let's get right to it. This is Hold the Gravy, Episode 8, Mr. Gerald Grunig. Well, at Bayou, at, at uh, the Gumbo Cook-Off, I'm just going to start rolling. We can, we can talk into this, whatever. At the Gumbo Cook-Off, we had one episode where there was these dudes from the Gumbo Show. And they had a little bit of a shorter interview, so we had tagged that along with uh, with another one. But we've been doing probably like 30 to 40-minute to 
Yeah. Okay. Little spurts and um, yeah, man. I've been I've been keeping up with you for a little <laughs> bit, and obviously we have some Ties. we have some yeah we really do and yep. and some mutual friends around the state and uh, how is how is Uncle Jay? He's good, man. He's good. You know, Will just had a uh, little boy, so I haven't actually haven't even got to talk to Will yet. Um, but I talked to Piranha a good bit. So yeah, good, yeah. Man. I've been seeing the pictures, man. It's beautiful, beautiful grandfather <laughs> yeah, man. he is. Yeah, that'll get uh that'll that'll make Will that'll make Will tighten up real quick, man. So I'm excited <laughs> for that for sure, for sure. So And um I was trying to think, so are you you're from the North Shore? No, so I grew well. up in New Orleans. So from New Orleans, grew up in New Orleans. I ended up spending two and a half years on the North Shore because of Katrina. Okay. So Katrina hits, I was growing up on top of my family's po' boy restaurant. And then that leads into me. Um, we spent some time in Mississippi. Mom and dad moved uptown. I ended up at Fountain Blue for a little bit, and it, it was a good fit for me because I was I was a, definitely uh, a New Orleans, you know, <laughs> uh, kid for sure in the sense of what definitely a knucklehead man. So it was it was good for me to to end up. I ended up on the North Shore, running rolling around with some pretty smart, some pretty good, some pretty good kids and. You know, they all rubbed off on me in the best way. I've met my wife actually on the North Shore too. So we've been together since high school, and uh, yeah, man. So it was a blessing, big time, man. Cause, whew, man. <laughs> if uh, if the storm don't hit, man, uh, my my life is a storm, man. So. And your uh, your journey then took you to Nichols. Yeah. So um, played football. Had brother Martin, then played football at Fountain Blue, and uh, and then had some opportunities to play. Some JUCO routes, had some other bigger D1 opportunities, but um, the spot that ended up working out for me logistically was uh, at Nickel State. Um, I knew my wife and I would have a, have a future together, so I wanted to work at the restaurant because the whole plan for me when I ended up at Nichols was to, you know, maybe get into the business, the restaurant business, and it turned into, um, you know, being close to home, being able to play football, having school paid for. And, uh, you know, that, that's what it came down to, honestly, was being close to the fam, being able to work at the restaurant when I needed to, and then being close to my, my now wife. So ended up having a blast down at, in Thibodeau. Wish we would have won more games, obviously. Um, but it's funny. I've had a bunch of friends uh, that have played all over the country and, uh, and even locally, too. One of my best friends, you know, Justin Church, played – Outside linebacker. Um, so we had four guys when I was in high school at Fountain Blue. All of us signed D1, were full ride D1 guys, which was all at playing at the same time. So right. yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah for I'm sure. sure your coach was proud. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, and we were all super close, but we all had, you know, two of us went to Nichols and then two of them went to Southeastern. Well, one of my best friends who actually happened to marry a girl from New Iberia, they, she married, uh, my buddy Justin married. Harriet Monty Hogue. I don't know if, if that mm -hmm. rings a bell. They're really close with Dan Doyle and anyway, the new Iberia connections. But, um, you know, Justin had told me, he was like, man, you know, he's like, dude, because they had won two conference championships at Southeastern. I had friends, you know, winning bowl games, playing in, you know, big time atmospheres. Like, bro, well, let me tell you, man, this crew, this crew you're rolling with down here, man, some good dudes. And, you know, so I was super happy with my nickel state experience but you know lived in alexandria for a year after that because i interned with the television station in new orleans um because i thought well the restaurant's gonna be here my wife's got a year left of school well girlfriend at the time um i said well let's give it a shot let's do the two tv thing because 
I didn't know I ever wanted to do it, but um, an opportunity came up, so I took it, and then went to Alexandria, and uh, after that, man, it was uh, Lafayette 10 months later, and we've been rolling ever since. It's 2014 I got to Acadiana. And that took you, I mean, that took you beyond just a TV personality, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the, the Lafayette sort of culture just embraced you in ways that, I don't know, maybe you didn't even realize you were getting yourself into. You well, know? so look, growing up, in New Orleans and never having any plans on leaving New Orleans, right? Uh, it, I don't think my move, if Katrina doesn't happen, I don't end up on the North Shore. If I don't end up in, no, you're okay. I can tighten up and I, I can start over. It's all good. I've been having trouble with our no, it's okay. to go only, little, little fold up white table. The only reason, I'm trying to get it tight. I keep, I keep turning it because I have. And I don't mind freaking people out, but it kind of like gives me a headache. I have a, uh, when I look to my right, when I'm tired, I have a crazy eye and I haven't got my nap in today. So I don't want to like look at you all wonky eye. That's why I keep like, <laughs> so I, can, I guess I can do that. That's yeah. Easy. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, all right. You so, get up early too. So yeah, you, you yeah, had, yeah, yeah. you had your breakfast, you had your lunch. You might've even had your, your <laughs> dude, snack Red, and then time Red, for that. <laughs> it's Hunter. It's out of control, man. It's out of control. It comes with 18 miles a week running though, man. So, and I'm still, and I'm still 270, but we won't go there right now. So, um, <laughs> to, to answer your question, moved to Lafayette in 2014 and never planned on being here long-term, right? Because if Katrina doesn't happen, I don't end up on the North shore and then I don't end up if I stay at Brother Martin, I have more opportunities at bigger schools, so I'll probably go that route, um, you know, because my head coach when I was in high school, man, at that time, you remember, there's, there's no huddle, there's no, I mean, it's really up to your head coach to, to make things happen for you, and, um, you know, everything was there, the tape was there, but, you know, my head coach ended up getting in all kinds of trouble and there was seriously no points of contact going into my senior year. I didn't do a good enough job of getting my tape out there my junior year. So anyway, like I said, the game's changed so much mm -hmm. now. I remember like sending DVDs in like big manila folders to and envelopes to like the University of Hawaii. Like, let's just send them the, where do you want to go? Maybe go play. Yeah. And I was always realistic about where I could go play. I always, I always knew it'd be a mid-major school or a, or a FCS school just because man, like I always loved playing football, but always, you know, always was realistic in the sense of like, you're probably going to play offensive line. If I would have played tight end, probably would have had some more opportunities. But, you know, back to Acadiana, I don't go, if I don't go to Nichols, if I don't spend time on the North Shore, if Katrina doesn't happen, I don't know if I love Lafayette as much as I do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like moving from New Orleans to move, moving from New Orleans to Acadiana, I think part of me realizes that, man, this may have been a little slow for me, if that makes sense. But because I end up on the North Shore, so you kind of end up in the suburbs, right? And then I spent some time in Thibodeau. So that next thing you know, I'm like bow fishing and hunting and doing all this stuff I've never done down the bayou and spending time in Homa. And, and then I go to Alexandria for a little bit. And I'm like, well, if I can do Thibodeau for four years, I can do Alexandria until my wife finishes college. So I'll go up to Ellick for a little bit. And that was all right. And then you come here. And it's honestly, in my opinion, I always refer to, you know, Lafayette and Acadiana as like the perfect mix of everywhere I've lived, you know, uh, tons of culture, tons of stuff happening when you want to do stuff. But at the same time, super slow when you want it to be super country when you want it to be. Um, but you can get in the mix and sit in traffic and do all that as well, too. So uh, the culture's here, the food's here. And when we moved here in 2014, the plan was to go back to New Orleans and start working in sports. But um, 
you know, I, I kind of found myself uh, like, man, okay, like getting down with more than just the sports scene here. And I, I went to my bosses in 14. I was like, what do y'all think about me doing a food segment? And they pushed it off, pushed it off. 2015 rolls around. I'm like, I, I still want to do a food segment. And they're like, well, they help. And then the summer starts and I bring it up again. And I'm like, yo, I want to try a food segment. I don't get why we're not doing it because y'all know, I mean, Caleb Y back in the day, it was all food, music, and culture. And at that time, like, you know, I say it proudly, we're, we're number one in just about every newscast right now. And when I got here, that wasn't the case. And I'm not saying it's because of me, but I think we finally got back to doing what people associate with our station and what made our station so huge to the entire area to begin with. So um, I start the food segment in 2014. The plan was to do it every couple of months. And then, you know, we started doing it every week. And bro, when I'm telling you, man, like it has been crazy what it's turned into, man, because, uh, you know, it's just been a perfect mix for me because uh, I've, I've, I've now called and continue to call Acadiana my happy place and where I am my best self is here. But at the same time, man, I think uh, the, the food side of things really lets my background shine because I've lived everywhere, man. I can, I can go do the Cajun thing. I can go do the country thing. I grew up in, in a rough part of the city. I grew up you know, I've lived in the suburbs. Like I can sure. hop in anywhere and be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> like I've been here. Yeah. I, I get the vibe, man. So I think all that has, has played a big hand in it. And the music stuff has been fun and crazy to think about too, man. So it's, it's definitely been a blessing for sure. Yeah, what, you, what I like about, about Gerald is, and we, when we did the, the cooking demo, you know, <laughs> we brought him in and he's like, okay, what, what are we doing? Okay. This is, this is the deal. But you have the ability to turn on a dime. It's like you, you get it right then and there, and you can just spit out a response and, and just keep it going, you know? And that's, that's what we loved about him, and uh, I really appreciate you coming and, and talking to us today, though, absolutely. Well, you bring that up, and so many people think everything I do is, like, so off the cuff, man. Everybody thinks, like, oh, Gerald's just up there, but you remember. How many questions yeah. was I asking beforehand? I'm very yeah, meticulous, yeah, yeah. and I think it's the football side of me. Look, dude, I was a captain on the offensive line for four years, and I was a center. And like, dude, you got a lot. I, I take a lot of pride in my prep. And you know, I remember rolling up, and it's like, all right, so what's the plan? Here we go, let's do it. Like, and people don't realize, man, when it comes to the food segments, and like, man, I'm, I'm. They, everybody just thinks y'all do this, right? Oh, we're just talking. That's it. Like, they don't know the legwork that goes in behind it. So, you know, like I edit all those food segments, man. So I make sure that the restaurants are put in a good light, that their best product is being put on. I mean, I'm John shooting it, but I'm like, John, I want this. John, I want that. Right. John, I want, you know, because yeah, you producing all of that. It's well, obvious in, in just your TikTok edits from, <laughs> from the most, the most recent, like couple weeks. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure, man. It's because you know, while I have a great job, man, it, the job is 100% about supporting our local restaurants because I grew up in it, man. I know that a lot of these mom and pops that have a great product can't afford what Coke, Rouse's, the law offices, the, you know, the state budgets. I mean, dude, it's just not realistic for, you know, and especially now, you know, minimum wage is going up. People want to get paid more, which I get as well. So it's a real crazy time to be in the food service industry and if i can help and have continued to help over the course of the last six seven years that's what's been most important to me for sure and i think yeah. all the places that you've done so far you know are, are grateful for Ooh. what you've 
what you've sort of brought to you know light for them <laughs> yeah and yeah. even if they're you know i don't know what they're what their sales are doing after you leave their oh, their space, but I mean it, it helps somewhat. And, you, and we you find were saying a lot that. of a lot of small business and working with the chamber don't do marketing. They don't know what it's about, and but they would benefit so much if they could get that. So kind of and what what we've done in Delcom with the fishermen is kind of the same thing. Fishermen don't know anything about marketing, it's true. So that's what we did, and and that's what what makes a difference. So I I think they're. You know, there's a service to be had by, by what you do. And I think, I think there's a hustle there too, right? Because you have a lot of people that have a lot of successful businesses, but all they know is grind, right? So all they know is show up, cook, work, let's do it. Let's feed these people. Let's get out of here. And then you have people that roll up and go, oh, well, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. Um, and, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I spend X amount of dollars doing this. I spend X amount of dollars doing that. And I'm like, okay, cool, because I never bash anybody for making a living, right? And that's why people ask me, when are you going to say you don't like what you had? I'm like, dude, <laughs> do you have any idea how hard these people are working and what is riding on a day-to-day -day basis? If you think I'll ever put somebody in a situation where I'm not just praising their business, you're out of your mind. However, there are times where you can tell the nerves are there when we're, when we're doing something. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, can, can we do something else? They're like, yeah, you know what? I'd like that. I'm like, yeah, dude, we can tape it again. Dude, we're, this, isn't, this isn't live, man. We can, we can tape it uh, and we can do it again, bro. John and I got all morning, man. Let's go. So it normally makes a big difference because some people are just so nervous. They're not used to being on camera. And to be honest with you, if I didn't have the background I had in the restaurant business, dude, I still go home and fry turkeys. When people call in sick, I still go make po' boys. When, uh, you know, dad was out with COVID for about eight months, man, we were at the restaurant every weekend. Like, dude, it, it's, it's in me for sure. So like, man, I, I know what these people are going through and I know not everybody's comfortable, especially chefs, cooks, you know, mom and pop shops, man, being on TV, dude, because so many people are so humble, especially here where it's like that glory or that light being on them is just something that's not a comforting thing. But for me, I feel like part of the reason why what we've done is so successful is because of my background, man. Because you can't just roll up to some of these spots in some of these areas and not go, hmm, I'm in rural Evangeline Parish today, man. Like, all right, but, but I've never been in this situation before. I've never been around these people because they're so used to my, in my opinion, you have so many people that are like, man, like these, these, these big shows roll into town or even like, you know, these people on TV and it's like, you know, it's like one and done. Like, okay, did the story. That's a wrap, man. But like, man, when I'm there, I'm there. Like I'm checking in on the business afterwards, man, because it's super important to me that it's like, yo, did, did, even though it's free and even though I know you're going to be busy because of it, like, are you happy with the product? Because ultimately, man, like I remember just how important it was when my dad would be on TV maybe once every couple of years in New Orleans, dude, because it would, it would be huge for the business, man. And that's, that's what it's been all about, man, for real. It, it gets me fired up now. I'm like sweating in that because it's like, because I know, man, because these, these people are so, like what they do is so sacred to them and they don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation. They don't want their product to not look its best. And then they don't want to be, you know, I don't want to say exploited, but like there's a, there's a sense of like security, like, no, you're not coming in here. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not showing you that. This is, 
But I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't need to see this. I just need, like, bro, just move it around in the pot a little. I got you, man. We don't need to talk secrets. I just need to hear it's good. People love it. We sell it on Fridays, and I can, yeah. and I can make that work. Yeah, man. you see, I can never have a restaurant because I would give away all my recipes. <laughs> hey, y'all go home and cook it. <laughs> and that's the other thing. You know, we have people that come on the the sh- the cooking segments on Tuesday mornings to Katie Anna eats live in our new kitchen. Um, state of the art, super nice. Another one of those aha moments, like, dude, I can't believe, you know, they've done this for us. Um, and they're like, well, Gerald, I, I'm not used to cooking live because it's not easy to do something and talk if you're not used to doing it, especially like answering questions, right? We can all sit there cooking and shoot the breeze, not a problem, but it's like, so how many, you know, of that, like, nah, bro, like, no, baby, I'm here to help you sell plates, man. Put it in the pot, move it around and we're going to chop it up just like we always would because, you know, I don't want people at home going, oh, wow, I'm going to do this at home. Thanks so much, Miss Veronica, Glenda, Madonna, uh, Amy, Alvin. You know, all these people like, nah, man, you want it? Go and get it, man. Go support them because ultimately what we have in Louisiana culturally is so unique and so special. But in my opinion, as much as I love this state, we got a lot of issues, man. We got a lot yeah. of issues, right? But what makes our state so great are can't be duplicated you know like people may complain about our schools our roads our government this that and the other but man let me tell you dude our music our culture our vibe bro the stuff you can't put a price tag on man that is the stuff i'm here to support and the only way it's supported is if people go out and spend money straight up man. and and that's what we're trying to do with with this podcast you know talk about our food and our culture and you know maybe some things we can do better like like hunter has said you know and uh and we have, a, we do, we have a lot to offer, but on the other hand, it's getting the word out. I mean, there's a lot of information that flows across our, our phones and our TVs and, and it's, uh, you, you gotta be able to stand out. But, but like you said, the mom and pops, oh, it, yeah, it's, man. it's just a tremendous boost to their business when, when they, sh- they show up on TV. Oh man. Like Hunter, I know you brought it up. Dude, we'll do, there's some restaurants, man, where some of our bigger operations, right? They'll tell me like, hey, G, like we do a head count. You send us an additional 500 people a day for three or four days. Oh, bro, it's, dude, it's crazy. What? Like Hunter, man, we'll, we'll put That's some, real, man. Hunter, we'll put somebody on. There's t- 500 people in, you know, in that city, dude, maybe. We'll, like. we'll put somebody on TV, like, and I've had, I've had restaurant owners call me in tears because man, you know, you go to some of these spots and you know they're struggling, but they're putting a smile on their face because we're there. And you know, as they get to know me, you know, you start to, the guard starts to go down a little bit and it normally happens once we're done shooting or once I'm done doing my thing and we're kind of just shooting the breeze, maybe I'm finishing up a plate or a sandwich or whatever it is. And uh, you know, we get into it and I'm like, I got you, we gonna, just be ready, I got you, they coming, but you gotta keep them coming, you know? You gotta keep them coming back because I'm, I'm going to, like I always say, whenever people want to mention sponsors on our local, t- I'm like, hey, bro, I don't mess with sponsors, but I'll throw it up. You can hit it wherever you want it, man. It's up to you, right? So with that being said, like, man, I tell them, I'm like, dude, they are coming, bro. So just get ready and make sure you do a good job when they do come. The amount of times I get, I get phone calls of, you know, people with tears, crying, like bawling sometimes, like, Gerald, you don't know what this has done for my business, what this has done for my family. Because a lot of times, man, it's not just, you know, your restaurant, it's your restaurant, your aunt, your mom, like the whole family is connected to one spot. And all they do is pour their heart and soul into this place. 
And when you're calling me and telling me like, Gerald, we are normally open seven days a week, but we had to close on Sunday because we couldn't get any more food on Saturday and we sold out by Saturday morning. Like nothing, like we had no food left on the menu. Like we'll, so we will sell restaurants completely out of food, bro. Like you can't go, oh no, I want what Gerald want. Oh, that was gone three days <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah. Now we're right now. We, we got, we're at the, we only got like three things left. Like erase the menu, man. It's, it's been super wild, super wild. So is there, is there an increase in, I know you, I recently realized that you started doing some, some TikToks. Okay. Yeah, is yeah. there, a, is there an increase in say, I don't know, a younger generation of, of people that live in Louisiana and instead of going to Raising Cane's or instead of going to whatever, wherever they're eating in the city, like maybe they're going to go and try that, that plate lunch. Maybe what? they're going to check it out because they saw your TikTok video and maybe they're not watching Possible too, yeah, but yeah, maybe they're not up at that time. Right, so. right. So look, here's the deal. Um, I always make the joke. It's funny you say that, man. I I went I went to go get a vaccine shot today, right? On, on the north side. I was on I was on Mud Avenue. And uh I walked in and all every you know medical personnel there except this one lady, right? And that's I'm kind of I'm I'm thinking about like because there are people that don't watch the news, right? But everybody like, I'm like, hey, what's like, I pop in and somebody goes, oh, and then everybody, I see everybody's heads turn. Right. And then like, dude, the gym's pretty empty. There's not, there's not a lot of people, you know, at the rec center. And I'm like, what's up, baby? And everybody's like, ah. so everybody runs up. We take a picture, you know, we cut up a little bit, but then next thing you know, like, they're like, yeah, I know you're on the news, but I'll follow you on TikTok. Dude, I've been on TikTok for six weeks yeah but you're killing it I, well, the, the I, edits are the edits are great <laughs> thank I'm you, telling man. you but but what but to that point though i'm running around the neighborhood right like i made the joke uh, uh i run 18 15 18 miles a week because i used to play basketball covid happened and you know anyway i just don't have five hours to spend at reds anymore you know by the time you you shoot the breeze and you get the cold plunge and you hang out in the locker room, you eat lunch, it takes too long. So <laughs> i do love reds however right but i just don't have the time for that anymore the 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 younger side of things when i'm on my runs you know like the the kids watch me in the mornings in my neighborhood right because their parents have us on but then the last couple of weeks i'm on my runs and they're like mr gerald you're gonna be famous and i'm like well i'm like well easy fellas easy you know but at the same time like they've never had that response to me even though i've been on tv for you know, right. honestly, since some of these kids were born, right. you know, the like, medians are changing, you know, well, things, things are just switching a little bit, like the tides a little bit, you and, know, and we've had, and I've definitely had a younger response for sure, because the old people are like, oh, that's kids on there. But then the kids on Facebook are going, well, the old people are on there. Right. <laughs> and Instagram's like a little, little mix of both. I was in New Orleans, um, two weeks ago, we were out, my little brother was in town. And I had three people like at three different stops. And like, this is, you know, geez. So it was like three, two, three weeks ago. Like, dude, whoa. And people were, you know, when people drink, man, they're, they're, <laughs> they're way more likely to be like, yo, bro, what's up? Like, you're the dude from TikTok from Lafayette, man. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm from the Orleans, but yeah, that's me. What's happening, baby? And my wife's like, cause she's been supportive of the, of the TikTok thing, but she's a teacher. So she's seeing all like she just thinks it's just her kids on TikTok, like the fifth grade teach, like the fifth right, grade kids. Right. But it's like, no, man, there's 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 definitely a different market out there where 
our restaurants, especially even the ones I've put on so far, have seen more of an increase when I have posted them on my newer social media platforms. Like when I take a TikTok video, post it to Facebook and Instagram and do the whole thing, there is definitely a, a big push. Like I had a guy last week, he's like, dude, you just posted me on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and we were busy. He's like, and we haven't even been on TV yet. So there's definitely a, a different way that people are getting their information. But then I go to these restaurants, I'm like, Yo, all I'm doing is stuff that you can do too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you pay like, for your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like you're doing the shots, you're doing everything's yeah. from the phone. And, Correct. and I love that. It's, Correct. You're finding the best light of that boudin ball. Uh, and, right. And, right. And, and that bag. Everyone, you got like a. And it, <laughs> and it, also, it also helps John Weatherall, my videographer, who I've been doing a Katie Anna Eats with since we started it in 2014, 2015. Um, John's all in. Um, I'm all in on John. So we both try and help each other out when it comes to certain stuff. Like I'll shoot some stuff. He shoots some stuff. Like we both kind of work together and in many facets, not just at KLFY. So, um, John's really, you know, we both bounce a lot off of each other and he's super talented. He's Mr. Viral. I don't, that's one y'all may want to talk to too. John's he's been in charge and built the fright trail social media. Like fright trail has, you know, since September, they're, they just started their TikTok. They're at over, you know, they during Halloween, they grew like 500,000 followers. Instagram's like over 150K, I think. Like, John's Mr. Viral, man. Like, if there's a viral video going around Lafayette, <laughs> bro, it's John Weatherall, man. He's, he's, he's the GOAT for real. So uh, us working together and bouncing stuff off of each other has played a huge help. But, you know, John's also a good pulse of certain communities around town, too. And, uh, you know, when John and I roll up in some of these restaurants, they don't care about me, man. Like, they're like, oh, John, hey, <laughs> like John's here. Something special is about to happen. So, man, uh, it, the amount of good... talent, the amount of talent in this state and in this region is just, oh, yeah, just in- incredible. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that is what this podcast is is solely about. And it's it's not really uh, it's not really uh, uh, my my light to talk on so many different subjects but I, I really am just grateful that i i got some friends that can come in and and touch touch base with us and let us know really what's happening out there and uh and i'm i've been a fan for for quite some time man and and i'm but let me let me ask you something gerald <clears throat> all these places that you, you've been to and all these experiences you've met all these people yep have you like cataloged some of this stuff oh like, can you like produce maybe some sort of some sort of output that that you can i don't want to say the write a you're book saying like the write, impact have yeah have a, a write-up so of, we have testimonials from early on um you know because eats has gone through phases right you know you went through the start um where people were just like "Ooh, food tv cool right um and i look at those and i'm like Ugh. Y'all know when you start something, man, things get better over time. It just it, it, it happens with reps. Um, and then we went through like, OK, I figured out the format I want for the segment. And then I would say once I figured out the format for the segment and the editing of it, sometimes it was too quick. Right now, I like my pacing. But if you look at it from two or three years ago, like I'm like, damn, gee, you're only using, you know, 0.5, like almost like social media stuff kind of is now. But in TV, man, the standard's always been, you know, three to five seconds on all shots. And I've always tried to keep 
the energy up in my editing when I put stuff together. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is because Eats has kind of gone through phases in regards to the response we get, right? So I could do a segment in 2017 and then re-air that segment again in 2021. And in 2021, I'm getting even more feedback from, because the following's just gotten so much bigger, right? right so right. Um, I do have some emails. I do have some stuff early on because there was a point where I was kind of having, like I've had to tell y'all, like people now know what's up and they know I'm gonna take care of them. But when I was starting Eats, I was calling and going like, hey, <laughs> it's that guy that, because when I started at Channel 10, I don't know if you remember, we had, um, we had a commercial. I was going around tackling people. I don't know. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah. It was it was first and ten. It was the high school football, and I'm like, yeah, I do sports, and you know, oh, you're the guy in the commercial that was hitting people, like kind of like the office linebacker thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, I'm doing a, I want to start a food segment, and then I didn't know if I was gonna go like with off the wall type menu stuff, or uh, I didn't I didn't know what the goal was. So moral of the story is is like that impact has just gotten bigger, if that makes sense, but it also matters. Um, and the the amount or the the impact that's made changes with what they put on TV. So, you know, I encourage people, you know, like, well, Gerald, I really want to do this. I'm like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. We can do whatever you want. This is your segment. I'm here to facilitate. However, I would do what you do well and what you can do a lot of, you know. And honestly, too, and people, I don't I don't tell a lot of people this, but I tell people, I'm like, what you going to do that's make that's going to make you money, too? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people, the margins on some of these things aren't, aren't great and i'm like yeah when they make that special yeah right that, or that kubion like, yeah that, you know, right like some seafood can't sell stuff that much or, and there's tons of prep i'm like dude if let's do red beans and rice and fried chicken to the cows come home baby <laughs> because everybody likes red beans and rice and fried chicken and everybody's making money on red beans and rice and fried chicken and all the customers are satisfied because they're getting a big portion of red beans and rice and fried chicken. So like things, things have gotten so crazy on the restaurant standpoint, man. I'm really, I really want things to obviously stabilize because, you know, between help and the cost of stuff um, are, you know, and that's a whole nother, you know, maybe six months to a year down the road when y'all ready for me again, there's a whole nother conversation that needs to ha be had when it comes to our area's expectations versus reality as to what things cost. And what people are willing to spend money on, man, it drives me crazy because, you know, I see what things cost in New Orleans and I see what people are charging for things here. And I see the way people talk about what about I see the way people talk about those people that are charging what they should versus giving food away, man. It drives me crazy. The amount of the amount of segments I have to do, fellas, where I go in and I'm like, so what do you charge for this? They're like that. I'm like, I'm not putting that on TV if that's what you're charging for it. Because Hunter, you're selling a cheeseburger for eight fifty when it should be eleven fifty, and and the guy who's is selling a cheeseburger for eleven fifty wants, you know, wants to make a living and and get ahead instead of surviving. All you're doing is is screwing over the next person because they go, oh, I'm I'm not gonna pay eleven fifty for that when I can get it for eight fifty. It's like, bro, well, it should be thirteen fifty. So y'all are all off, man. <laughs> it's super frustrating, but. It's kind of like the race to the bottom at times. And it's not an everywhere problem. And look, we have people that go wherever I go every week. They'll go every Thursday. They make it a point that over the weekend, they're going to go where Gerald went. That's so, what I wanted to ask you, yeah. too, is what's your, what's your border? I know it's Acadiana Eats. Yeah. But if, what's the furthest to? 
Well, you know, what's so we've done. My dad will still have a bunch of people from here. So we did an Acadiana Eats at my dad's restaurant for Father's Day a couple of years ago. We still have a bunch of people that'll come uh, to the restaurant. In fact, last year or last spring when I was working at the restaurant one Friday night, somebody was like, yeah, we're from Lafayette. We we watch Gerald on TV all the time. And little <laughs> do they know, like I turn around, I'm like, yo, they're like, man, we didn't know. Like what? I'm like making sandwiches, man. I'm like, yo, like, dude, I make the joke. Like, man, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this, baby. Like, man, <laughs> I'm not just up here like I, I didn't go to culinary school. I didn't. I didn't do all this stuff. Yeah, but you're not like, just a suit on TV yeah, talking about right. it, right? Like, man, I'm in this, man, and and it's something that I love, and it's something I've honestly always wanted to do. And if if Acadiana eats doesn't happen, I'm probably doing it, right? So, um, even though I'd be beating my head against the wall and people, you know, having the same, my dad's going, "Thank goodness you're not doing this," because it's just <laughs> getting so much harder, man, to make a living and. You know, people's expectations are through the roof, but then they don't want to pay for what it costs, you know, for somebody to pay their staff properly, for somebody to use the best ingredients for, I mean, it's just not realistic right now. Like I said, hopefully things chill out. But so we did one in New Orleans. I would say that's the farthest east we've gone. We've done some stuff. Jeff Davis is our, technically our Acadiana kind of cutoff. Um, haven't done anything in Lake Charles, but, you know, I had a boss and hopefully uh, our next boss that comes into KLFY is as progressive as my last one. And the, and the big plan in year five, what was supposed to happen, um, you know, everybody had a plan for 2020 and then COVID hits, right? So um, hopefully we get to the point where, you know, we're, we're starting to push those borders more and more. I'm cool if we don't uh, because, you know, I, I don't mind putting restaurants on twice and I'm a long way away from from having a repeat spots or having to, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open and wanting to continue to push the envelope because the fact of the matter is I, I work for the biggest television company in the country and we have stations all over the country, all over the region, all over the state. And man, if, if we have so many people, right. That, that want to travel and you know, what's, what's the Louisiana, uh, what's the, the thing stay that come on, plan your staycation. Right. I know the Lieutenant governor has been pushing that, um, you know, feed your soul in Louisiana, go to this state park, go to this town, do this, do that. Um, I, you know, there's definitely potential there within our television company to, to do that because, you know, we have the stations and we have the, the, I think the base is big enough here, but how do we do that statewide? I don't know. Um, do we change the name? Do we do some stuff? I don't know. Uh, it's conversations we started to have a couple of years ago and then, you know, COVID, I had a baby, just kind of a lot, a lot of stuff has happened and I'm super busy here, which is good. But, um, you know, I, I would like to start getting out of our coverage area more, but that would have to make sense for the other stations as well, too. So I know you're driven. I know you're thinking, <laughs> you, you're thinking about the next step and you, you know, me and you, we got to. We got a lot in common, you know, Lake Charles. I was, I was a McNeese cowboy. So, yeah, right, 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 right. You know, got to show some love to the Poke land out there. And, uh, well, Lake I know Charles, they would, they would dude, love to have you out there. Lake, they got some good food too. Well, look, man, I can tell you, we, we used to be on in Lake Charles, right? So our broadcast for a long time, look, I don't pretend, man, like there's no, the success I have here isn't possible without my station being what it is and what it meant to the community right so like klfy was it right like that was all people watched for the longest time and i know there was a slip up in the in the early 2000s and it took us a while to get back on track and i'm glad we did um but dude lake charles morgan city 
Man, St. Mary. Dude, I'm in St. Mary just like driving through at a gas station sometimes coming back from New Orleans. And I'm getting stopped in Morgan City, Franklin, um, you know, some like pretty like remote parts right, of the right. parish at times. And it's like we don't necessarily get coverage or we don't get credit for St. Mary. But in Lake Charles, like, man, we can't get that anymore, man. So I keep up with you. Like, bro, I miss you. Like in Lake Charles and <laughs> in, in some of our areas that like, man, some spots on the basin, dude. Those guys offshore watch Channel Ten, man. Right. Like, you know, I'm in New Orleans, dude. The amount of the amount of offshore guys that are coming up to me, like slammed at the Roosevelt during Christmas, are like, Gerald, bro, I'm from Houston, but man, like, <laughs> you're my boy, man. So it's, but once again, that's, I mean, a uh, huge credit to to KLFY, and you know, because we have, you know, built and are a part of the 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 fabric that's seriously southwest louisiana man and i think you asked any of the old heads from here to morgan city maybe even i think bleeding down into close to thibodeau into lake charles into alexandria man like klfy that was the station man so uh, a lot of that kind of goes hand in hand but um it's been it's been it's been super cool to be a part of it seems like the right fit man it seems like you you just you found what was working since day one and you 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 pushed and pushed and just kept doing your thing and like they they kind of they were there to facilitate it and uh it's it's just awesome to see because uh i know your uncle you know i know yeah i know jay sigel and, yep. and shout out sigel creative and i worked <laughs> yeah. with him for so long and y'all just uh y'all's family is is a blessing to know man really really is and uh you know so so you gotta you gotta transition with me right quick though yeah, so what's happening food yeah turns into I'm going to go play accordion <laughs> with Buckwheat Zotico's rhythm section yeah, in right, my right. band. Oh, dude. Well, man, look, the list goes on, man. So like, That's credit right there, man. That's not that's not something to, you know. So back back to the Channel 10 stuff, you know, it was a couple years ago, and I don't know. Look, fellas. I'm I so sorry about No, no, that, no. Dude. I'm going to just do this, right? That's easier for me, okay? Look, so now sorry. my shoulders aren't burning anymore. I'm good. So... Hey, so, we, we still getting our feet under us too. No, dude, stop, man. I'm mics. I already feel fancy because the mics on the stand. So stop, <laughs> dude. Um, you know, we start Channel Ten. Jim Olivier's, Floyd Cormier's, like music was such a vital part. Aldous Roger, Clifton Chenier, Lil Buck, everybody playing music on Channel Ten for all those decades. Um, it was such a big part of what made KLFY so successful. I got to KLFY, moved to the morning show after starting the food segment. And I'm sitting there going like, man, I love going to listen to all of our bands. I love our local music scene. But why aren't we really kind of doing a, a segment that, that kind of features them, even from an archive standpoint, right? Because I've always been a history guy. I love history. And that's why I think I love Channel 10 as much as I do. Because the history, I mean, dude, Jimi Hendrix played at KLFY, man. You know what I mean? Like backing up <laughs> Little Richard, like in the same studio that, you know, we're doing stuff in, like... <laughs> It's, you know, Warren Storm. It's, you know, so many heavy hitters, man. The old Wayne Tube stuff, um, you know, the Boisex, the the Ken Rays, the Keys, the Chris's, all these old videos, man. I'm like, dude, music was so important on our station. What? Why are we not doing that? Well, what happens is we have a, some changeover in management. And I'm like, ooh, I don't have a GM, which is our vice president of the station. Like, I don't have a news director, which is, you know, which would be my direct manager, right? Even though I, I, I don't really operate all the time as part of the newsroom, like 
I'm I'm kind of I've my my boss now makes the joke like I'm kind of like a receiver, man. You yeah, know, you're like, in the field. Yeah, man. well, and it's and it's like you know we'll use Gerald here, we'll use Gerald there, but we let Gerald kind of do his thing, which has been super you know uh, amazing and appreciative. But I'm like, man, I don't I don't have anybody kind of looking over me right now. Next thing you know, I start taping music segments and airing them on Monday mornings. And next thing you know, I'm walking down the sales side, which a lot of people from the news side don't do I'm like checking in on everybody like hey what's up y'all and i'm like man y'all saw we've been doing music stuff on mondays they're like no i'm like oh yeah monday mornings man we're doing okay okay next thing you know i get the email hey gerald we sponsored your music segment so like dude once the money's coming in on the music segment it's on baby you know what yeah. i'm saying so i knew like if we could get just if we could get the ball rolling with uh, with and there, I have no doubt my old boss would have would have let me do it, but I just tried to take advantage of the freedom. Like, ooh, you know, here's our shot to kind of bring this back. Start doing the music segments. They air on Mondays. I'm spending time with all these musicians, and you know, we're we're chopping it up for two two and a half hours at times. Um, normally, just shooting the breeze, talking for an hour afterwards, knocking out the music part the first half, and. I'm like, man, I think, I think I pick up an accordion. I forget whose it was first. And I'm like, man, I think I want to learn how to do this. And then, or I think I want to just start playing because I don't, I'm a big believer in it. It's like, hey man, practice what you preach. Don't, don't just talk about it, be about it. I'm going on Paspa too every morning. Like, oh, we're doing French table this. Oh, like embrace your culture that. I'm like, man, if the amount of the amount of kids and older men that have come up to me be like, man, I've always wanted to do it, and now I went and bought an accordion, and now I'm doing it because I saw you playing, and I know it's only been a couple of years, you know. So they weren't discouraged because the the big thing musically, everybody was telling me when I started doing it, man, oh, it's it's hard. Good luck. I tried. Good luck. It's hard. <laughs> Expensive this, that, hobby. <laughs> yeah, right. But but I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I got my afternoons. My wife's a teacher. Like, instead of playing on my phone, like, man, let me, let me start messing with the accordion. Well, that turned into Horace Trahan. Let me, you know, film him play a couple of songs. Keith Frank, Gino Delafoss, um, Chad Huval was a big help in, in, in helping me learn the right way to learn how to play. Um, so I'm hanging out with, like, all these studs and, you know, Cheryl Cormier's of the world. Like, all these rock star, Christy Gillard, like, Anya Burgess, like, I could just go pop into solo violins. I know I got a solo shirt on right now. With I didn't, I didn't think we'd touch on this, but I, I could go take an accordion lesson in Brobridge because I did take a handful with Chad Huval in the Huval School of Music, Brazos Huval. I don't know if y'all have gotten to speak with them at all, man. What they're doing, getting younger musicians to play Cajun music is super incredible. Um, every day after school, St. Bernard kids just like flood the porch with their fiddles, accordions, and guitars. That's amazing. Learning man. French music, man, which is super cool. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be French. It's, you know, they do some country stuff. They do, you know, I remember asking Chad, I'm like, hey, man, uh, I, you know, the Cajun stuff's cool, but I'm in, I, I want to play some Zydeco music. But the Zydeco crowd at the time, like, you know, I think the guys were kind of thought I was playing when I'm like, hey, man, I want to. Show me, show me something. I think they thought I was joking, bro. You know what I mean? And now, <laughs> next thing you know, like, dang, gee, you were serious, man. Like, I, I, I was something that I, that I had the itch for and really enjoyed doing. So I'm hanging out with everybody, doing all this stuff. And then it was Mr. Lee Allen Zeno, right? We're spending some time doing some uh, Blue Monday live shots one morning on Paspa 2, which the Blue Monday mission, uh, you know, John Williams, it's, it's, it's I don't want to say it's pivoted, 
uh, a lot throughout the course of the last couple of years. But ultimately, it's all about bringing awareness to older musicians who are struggling financially and with healthcare and just like life care services where, you know, people think, oh, man, that guy's 75 years old and still playing music. He's killing it. It's like, well, he toured his whole life, worked in cash, spent it all gambling, drinking, whatever it may be, and he's got nothing left. So no, he's not going to play your gig for $50 anymore. You know, like, because we're in the process of getting him financially stable. Like, and that's the reality of it, man. Like people don't want to talk about these musicians that go on the road and everything's paid for and you're having fun. Uh, you start playing with the band early or, you know, whatever it may be, the cash is coming in, but you're not having to spend it. So it's like, man, let's go drinking, man, let's go to the casino, man, let's go do this, that, and the other, like, but no, but, and then when stuff gets tough, it's like, oh, okay, we're going back on tour next week. Well, eventually things start changing in the landscape of the music game and it's like oh the tours are down or we're not playing as much and and things can get rough quick so that's the blue monday thing right hanging out for blue monday for hanging out with the blue monday guys for a blue monday live shot and mr lee goes sounding good soul we're gonna do it and i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh, man i don't know about all that bro because at that <laughs> point like i was just serious like about playing i just wanted to learn how to play and if i could get up to a point where you know blue monday because i was super close with john still am one of my best friends and mr lee and Lil buck and you know if i could just get up and play a song or two and really for for the viewers and those in the crowd that always wanted to do it like yo you can do it i've done it and i've only been at this for a couple of months now and i'm up here playing with the guys now i think there's some confidence right that comes with what i do for a living and playing football like i love a crowd bro like <laughs> dude running out in front of thousands of people like yes let's go baby <laughs> so i'm here for that man so that's never intimidated me however it was mr lee that was like we gonna do it and next thing you know like it's one song it's two songs it's 10 songs it's 20. I get a call from Gus Resende. Hey, man, you and your band, y'all going to play Pull Boy Festival. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't have a band. He's like, he's, like, you, do. he's like you can have a band. Yeah. And then we do an hour at Pull Boy Festival in 2018, right? Or Yeah, it was 2018. We do an hour at Pull Boy Festival. No, I lie. We do an hour at Pull Boy Festival in 2019 in April. A month later, we're playing the 5 o'clock time slot at Zydeco Extravaganza in Blackham Coliseum, which was like... <laughs> A big deal, bro. Like I'm on a flyer with like Keith Frank. Yeah, dude, Terrence. you you're a ticket seller now. Like <laughs> it's 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 the Gentile Zodico that comes after the name Gerald Grunig, you know? Well it, and, and that kills me, right? Because I know in the in the mix with the band, I'm definitely the least talented person up there, right? And I have no problem saying that. And if, if anybody ever needs to feel good about themselves musically, they need to book a gig with me because I'm going to pipe you up in front of everybody. <laughs> yes, man. that's exactly yeah. right. It's, you're conducting. You're the maestro. Yeah. You know, you're like, you really it's it, it means a lot to me being a fan of the rhythm section of Zotico music. Yeah. And seeing Lee Allen up there. Yeah. And 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 uh, drummer Kevin, Kevin Menard. Kevin yeah, Menard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just seeing you almost like give them the spotlight. Oh, dude, that's that's all. That's that's, that's that once again, same as the food aspect, bro. That's what I'm here for. So it's the backbeat, man. It's funny. We get the phone calls of like, hey, Gerald, what do you charge? Um, <laughs> and we and we and I talk to him and I'm like, yo, here's what we're charging, because I try to be one of the best paying gigs out there for these guys. Right. Um, and and we have those conversations and people are like, oh, man, gee, like I'm like, well, 
So this is who's in the band. Here's the deal, right? <laughs> we got two Grammy winners, one yeah. on drums, one on bass. Um, Mr. Lee's played with Paul McCartney, Eric Clapton. I mean, Kevin's played with everybody. I mean, you think about all the guys, all the all the guys and and women that that Ilson Pati Buckwheat Zydeco band have played for. The list is incredible, right? As huge as they were. Um, my saxophone player's name's Ron Eats. Um, Ron, by the way, toured Europe with Elton John. Leonard Skinner um, played John Lennon's last ever show at Madison Square Garden. Like my saxophone player, man. Like who was playing with me at the Port Berry Cracklin Festival on Friday <laughs> night, bro. And like those dudes, I think because I'm up there with them, have had so much fun just like, hey, man, is, is, it, is it your profession? Yeah. But like Gerald's here and it's, it's, it's not – let's just take a deep breath and have fun because I'm gonna, you know, screw up and go, yo, my bad, poor Barry, y'all still love me, right? Yeah, let's do it again. Like, it's not, you know, because you talk about the business side of music with those names I've been, I mean, dude, Ron Eads is recorded with Bob Dylan, James Brown, Elvis Presley. Like, y'all know what, it, I mean, could you imagine rolling up in the heyday? He's the, the original sax player for the Muscle Shoals horn section. And he's living in Lafayette playing with me, which is awesome. And he's playing with some other bands as well. But like the seriousness of everything, you know, right, like right. it's 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 to me, it's like, all right, hey man, let's make y'all some money and let's have some fun. And guitar, Kent August at times, you know, a legendary Zydeco guitar player plays with everybody now, has played with the original guitar player for Zydeco Force. And then my rubboard player, Thad Duplichan. Dr. Chad has played with Buzu Shavis, Sam Payne. So it's like, dude, there's a history lesson on stage. And, you know, unfortunately, the culture at times of our local music scene and the music scene in general is like, you're always hearing from the front man, man. But I'm like, nah, yeah, man. You're giving it back to the, the yeah, guys behind you, man. Dude, it's, yes. it's special. It really is, man. I, 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 think, I think it's great. It's almost like, a, like you said, a history lesson on yeah. stage. And, and the people in the crowd don't always understand who's up there what they're watching never, never they hear the kick drum they hear the snare they hear the bass and they can tap their toe a little bit at the at the crackling fest but right. like really they need to know what they're witnessing and they need to know what lives down the road from them and they can run into them at the grocery store and it's it's history right before our eyes and you know it's it's like the the, the cajun zotico culture is still unfolding it's still Ooh, happening yeah man well and that's why you know we play you know this is you know the that's why i don't think me and cajun music mixed all that well when i was first starting to learn how to play is because the the traditional cajun side of music is like all right you play it this way you play it this way fiddle takes a ride you take a turn like you know and i'm like Ooh, you, you jamming man. out there. I'm like, well, you're a Zotico jam band, bro. It's great. I just don't know like that. <laughs> well, you're not singing this right. You're not saying right, that right. right. Like that, that, that just wasn't the vibe for me, right? Like it felt buttoned up. And I know it's a fun, it's fun music, and it's especially fun for people that grew up out here and know it. But like, man, I, I got enough on my hands just trying to learn how to play the accordion. I don't need to be thinking about everybody in the crowd going, well, you didn't do that right. You didn't play this right. Like it's tough. And and I, I talk to some of these older people that tell me things like that. But well, why aren't you playing Cajun music? And I'm like, well, why aren't you playing Cajun music? You know, <laughs> like if I can do it, you can do it. Don't tell me what I need to be doing. But then they're the same ones 
telling these little kids that are learning how to play at a jam, oh, you're not doing that right. You're not saying that right. You're not singing this right. Like, bro, what? I don't care if you're older, if seniority, look, I get manners. But, dude, when you're going to come down on a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid at a jam because he's playing the accordion and you're sitting there strumming the guitar and he's trying to sing and, and you're going to be mean in your criticism or, or in your way of helping is, is rude. And, 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 like, dude, the amount of kids that have come up to me where I'm like, hey, man, we're going to get you to sing something on TV. They go, uh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Gerald. I, I, don't, I don't sing. I just play. I said, why? They go, because because they tell me I don't do it right. Like, bro, that drives. I'm like, who? Who told you that, bro? Let me see him, man. Mr. Like, Gerald's going to have a word with him. <laughs> are they here right now? Because, dude, that's what I was dealing with. When I'm like, man, you know, hey, Gerald, you want to play one? And then at that time, I knew how to play the back door. That was it. And then I had people coming up to me. Hey, you sound good, but you, you, you're not singing it right. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you know what, dude? Like, get out of my face, bro. Like, so there, there was that. But at the same time, man, like at those shows, you don't, you don't know who's up there. And I've taken a lot of pride. In, and that's my thing. Like people are like, well, who's your band? I'm like, man, if I, if, you know, Mr. Lee, I'll, I'll drive Mr. Lee Allen crazy because I'm like, hey, Bo Thomas can play with us on Saturday. He's coming. Hey, so-and-so can play with us. He's, I'm like, dude, I'll put 15 people. Let's go, man, because I want to sit there and, and give Bo some love, let people know like what Bo's doing, uh, Mr. Lee, Kevin, Pablo Pellerin, Kent August, Chad Fuqua. Like, man, I, 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 I try to be the plug for everybody, man. So, Dude, that sounds like the all-star band. And, and <laughs> again, man, I'm just I, I'm relating to you and, and just putting light on the right Ooh, moments yeah, of yeah. – Cajun culture, Zodico culture, yep. and uh, it's funny you bring up John Williams. Yep. Me and me and John have known each other for a while as well, and I hold a a, a toy drive every year. Correct, December twenty first, right? What? Yeah, right, Look I at you. I talked to Lee Allen on the way over here, man. Look yeah, at yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> All yeah. right, well now you just signed up to come in special guest with us. <laughs> that's if that's on, the case. <laughs> that's on. That's a Sunday, right? It's actually a Tuesday because my wife's birthday's on the Monday the twentieth. Yep, and I'm off that whole week. Um, I'm pretty sure we can we're make gonna, that happen. We're going to be releasing that soon, very soon, a, a flyer. And uh, I was hoping to get that Gerald Grunig name on it as a special guest. Yeah, so. I don't, I, I'll talk to Errol for sure. We'll be at home. I think we'll do Christmas morning on the 22nd. And, you know, hey, bro, I, I work Paspa too, so I keep – like I'll tell Sido at the right. for the, at, at, at the at the one stop and for the Sid's uh, Zydeco food drive for Thanksgiving. I'm like, I'll do it. Right. Need to be early, baby. Nobody wants to go first. I will, baby. Yeah. Don't worry about that. I don't mind opening it up. Well, we man. keep it we keep it early too. My grandparents come out and uh, you know, it's gonna be at the Grouse Room this year, which okay. is a great room. Yeah. Um I, I got to watch Mr. Lee Allen play over there a couple weeks back and he just sounds so good in there and he's kind of the bass player for uh for our Romero family correct. band as well. And, correct, correct. And uh we got the McDonalds, Lane and Billy. Yeah. We correct. got Roddy that comes in. My dad, he he He's kind of like you, you know, he MCs, he plays a little washboard and uh, yeah, right. he Hype sings, band. yeah, he yeah, sings right. his one or two songs and, and then, uh, but man, it's, it's such a special time every year in the holidays working with John, getting a lot of toys. Yep. We, we, we shoot our toys all over the region really to, uh, women and children's shelters to children's hospitals in Texas and in Louisiana. But, uh, but yeah, this year's shaping up to be one of the bigger lineups, hopefully. So I was I was really hoping to get you involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to Ariel. We'll go back and forth a little bit because, um, like I said, she's a routine person. It depends if, if Santa Claus has to put uh, 
uh, any crazy presents together a couple nights before, but I don't see why that would be a problem at all. And, and I like, man, at the same time, like once again, I'm going on TV going, hey, the Romeros are having a toy drive, by the way, tomorrow night. Who am I, if I have the ability to play, to not play those? Also, to not go, man. Like, so, like, once again, practice what you preach, man. We're, we're, we're telling people all the time, these festivals are happening. These fundraisers are happening. It's like, go. Like, it's, you're just telling the audience, like, man, we need to go. And that's, that's something right. I've taken a lot of of pride in because i think it's it's so important like from a community standpoint man like once again don't just talk about it be about it so yeah it won't be a problem i gotta talk to ariel just to confirm but yeah yeah, yeah. We, we can do it on the 21st for sure that's Mr. lee allen baby as long as i got lee allen i'm gonna be all right speaking of which i have tried three times now three times to get old uncle roddy uh there's been times where it's like yo roddy hey somebody can't play guitar like hey bro if you can do it We'd appreciate it. And I always, and you know, Roddy and I have a great relationship, but it's so funny. Like, I'm, I'm like, so don't forget. I know if you're like, don't eye roll at Gerald because we're going to be up there with Mr. Lee, Kevin, Ron, Ken, uh, you know, like we're going through all these Dr. Chad, Thad Dupachan's friends with Holly and Roddy. So it's like, it, it, like, you know, if you're worried about me, man, don't worry about me. Everybody else, you know, they'll, they'll make sure, you know, we're, we're up to snuff. Okay. Because I think at times like, you know, Roddy and I have such a good relationship, but um, it's just funny that like, he's like, he's like the unicorn right now. I'm like, dude, I want to play with everybody, man. I need you, bro. I need you, man. So, uh, if he's not making gumbo, I guess, and all the woodwork and stuff, I know he's been super busy, but yeah, man, the 21st I'm in. I'm That's in. it, man. Well, thank you so much for, for coming out here today, man. You, you took up your nap time to come and, and talk a little bit about your story. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you here at, at, uh, at this hold the gravy podcast project and, it's kicking off, but man, for the years to come, we're we're here to put the culture in the in the forefront, and that's the main goal. So, well, what I want to say, um, you know, I think it's it's efforts like this because I can tell you, man, I'm always looking for like different podcasts and stuff to listen to on my run. Like, super excited to to start throwing this into the mix. But at the same time, man, if there's anything I can do to help, um, whether it's access to you know restaurants or hey, do you know somebody? They're not calling us back, stuff like that. You just let me know, yeah. man. And, well, I, t- like I trust I said, you, be, man. I, was I trust say, you. It can, it can be tough, man. It can be tough at times because, you know, rightfully so, people have their guard up with certain things, and I know they want to feel like they're going to be taken care of, and I know y'all do that as well. So whatever I can do to help, man, y'all just let me know. Thank you, G. Thank you, Appreciate Darryl. you, man. You know, I am still learning a lot. I'm born and raised in Louisiana, but every day I am learning something new about this place, and I can't be any more grateful about that thank you again for bearing with me on my starting episodes getting my feet under me i will thank you every time for clicking on this episode because i know we're in the infant stages and that's all right i really appreciate you letting me get this this train going and uh it's going to continue and it's going to be better and better each time the guests are coming The gumbo's cooking. I promise. Louisiana culture is here to stay. Have a great day. Thank you so much. What a pleasure it was to sit with Gerald and hear his story and hear what inspires him every day. Thank you so much to our co-host, our port director, Mr. Wendell Verrett. Special thanks to our three guests on the Bayou Tesh Museum sessions. It was an honor to sit in this museum and speak with each of you. 
Thank you so much to the Delcom Seafood and Farmers Market for a great 2021 year. Hold the Gravy Podcast is coming strong to finish it out in December. Thank you so much for your patience on the YouTube channel. By 2022, you will be able to see the visual side of all of these interviews. Stay tuned for more to come. See you soon.